This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 745, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you who are washing their hands, wearing their masks, and being cool.
Sci-Fi Fanboy Pick Week, episode 745. I'm much chippier than I feel inside, Josh. You are. You you are. You're really. You feel quite chippy. My, my name is Connor Gilpatrick, and I am roasting to death. And this is my co-host, Josh Flanagan. And that's is that the first official reference to heat? This uh, year? It can't be the first of the year. It's mid, late August. Let me tell you. Well, this is the first heat wave we've had in California. You may have seen uh-huh. it on the news. If you're someone who watches the news or reads the, or reads the news, uh, I'm aware. This is how hot it is. I was working at my desk today, you know, doing my my work, and I, it's a wooden desk, and I had my arms on it as I was typing, and I moved my arm, and it slid right off because the sweat had built up, and just it, it made the desk so wet from the sweat that I sl- my arm slid off the table. James Brown celebrity hot tub over yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. We are a fanboy. Every read a bunch of if, comics. If I may, yes, just just Go for it. it's been lovely here this week. Yeah, like cool. no, it okay. was like. It was in the low 90s for like a month, yeah. and then this week it's been like in the low 60s, high 50s at night, and, and Lindsay incredible. and I are just jumping around like Happy Homer in Flushing Gardens. Just, <laughs> woo! Well, that's great for you. We are a fanboy. We read a bunch of comics, no matter the quality. One of us picks the one they like the best, called the pick of the week. We talk about that book, other books, the patron pick, listener mail. We have fun. Even if we're hot, even if the books aren't great, we still have a good time because that's our commitment to our, ourselves and to you. Here's your spoiler warning. Spoilers. Yeah. Pick of the week is Thor number six. Um, or we... 732. I, I, like, I, would, I would rather say that. I would give it an extra half a point if I was rating it because of that. I, I meant to mention this last week because there was a couple of random DC books that had their original numbering. I just don't know why some books get the original numbering and some don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like Flash and Wonder Woman both are in the seven hundreds, for reasons I don't know because the other books aren't, other than action comics and detective. There's just this, I get why those two are, but why are Flash and Wonder Woman, but not other books? It's very weird. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I mean, base like you could maybe say that the Marvel ones are like they are because the way that they you know lg legacy is 732 yep. Yep. and they're saying this is part six of this and story I'm cool like whatever i've already on. given up the, yeah like i've given up the fight but i think it's cool that they at least put it on the cover yeah i mean it's better than it's better than acting like it didn't happen yep. i think mm-hmm. um so Let's talk when about I, numbering for the rest when of the i show. started i could do it <laughs> when i started this uh i i thought oh is this still the donny cates one because time has no meaning anymore because <laughs> this one's monthly yeah, and it's the point now where monthly books, you have to reintroduce yourself. You got to shake my hand, look me in the eye, and it's remind that. me that we went to I, college together. That's what you. I have just to do. thought was this a year ago, right? I, yeah. I, gen- I genuinely was like, oh, I'm gonna get remember. to that in a couple of books or a miniseries. Yeah. So, you know, we we're at the end of this story where uh, Galactus or or Galen. I hate that part. Yes, no, anytime that they give a long a long standing character a new first name and then people start calling him by it is terrible. It started with Cosmo Kramer and nineteen ninety four. For me. I just I and I was like, we're gonna call him that now? The it's much point. cooler to say Galactus. It it is. And then, then they're you know, they're all casual Jed Bartlett. You know, like, I don't wanna see like Galactus leaning on a car in a hood talking to Thor. So anyway. Uh, Unless he's wearing a Letterman jacket. Galactus comes up to Thor and says, hey, man, end is coming. It's the dark winter or the black winter or whatever it is. You got to be my herald and, you know, we'll share it and then we'll take care of it. And Thor's like, makes sense. Let's go. And and it turns out that uh, I, I actually don't fully understand what happened. I was about to explain it to you and I realized I couldn't. However, the point here is that I, I thought I thought is this this is Donny Kate still on there. 
And I was in the mood for some of that business. He's very good at Thor. Oh, yeah. No, there were several moments in this where, like, this Thor is a bad... I was going to say badass, but that's meaningless. But, like, he is... He's a techno prisoner's Thor. Yeah. He's not the happy, fun Thor. Just give no fucks, Thor. He yeah. So the the, the overall thing is, as the plane flies overhead, uh, <laughs> I have to have everything open, guys. I'm sorry. Um, so Galactus came to Thor and said, "Yes, the this, the Dark Winter is coming. The Dark Winter, or is that? What it, I'm just going with what you said. Is that what it is? It, I don't know. It's a little black snowflake. It's something winter. Yeah. So that is the 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 thing that the killed killed his universe because as yes. we know, Galactus, his universe was. Um, destroyed and he survived into our universe the black winter yeah so he says i need your help to be my herald so we can defeat the black winter which has come to this universe and we found out it's not here to destroy the universe it's here to destroy him and mm-hmm. we found out in this issue or probably maybe the previous issue that galactus was the herald of the black winter so i didn't like that part so much but um galactus you know got some superpower from from sucking up the energy of five specific earths to fight the black winter and now he's got all this power and Thor sort of turns tables on him in this issue. I thought this was this was good. Yeah, I mean, so in in terms of giant cosmic slash Norse god moments and overwrought dialogue, mm-hmm. and I say thee nays, you know, and I have the power, and you are the errand boy of a hailstorm, and I was like, yes. <laughs> um, it, there was a lot of that, and it was it was something I could use. You know, it was something yeah. I could I could take it. And then we get to this this point on uh, page thirteen. They don't. 13. They don't label. They don't label double page spreads as two pages. So the double page spread is just page thirteen. Right, you know, and reader. Thor, Thor flings you know Mjolnir at um, Galactus, and he says, "I sent it you to death." And you see this shot of Galactus I've never seen before. Yeah, uh, his his face shrinks like like his skin is sucking in as if he's looked upon the Ark, Ark of the Covenant. Right. Uh, if you look around his hands and his arms, like his his uniform is is coming us there's some kirby dots in there too there's a lot going on here that i like looking at and there's a big crackoom and it goes underneath the art so it's part of what's going on you know it has motion with that like this page was the one where i was like that is what i want to see sometimes mm-hmm. uh you know and then we cut to the next page you know and and you know i've, I've never seen galactus like this he is you know he's he's uh, he's hurt. He's skinny. He's destroyed. He's smoking like not like cigarettes. Like he's literally smoking. You have no idea what you've done. And basically, Thor's like, "You're a bad person, <laughs> Galen." Yeah, like you're 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 not good. And then we're, no matter what you're trying to save us from, that's y- y- it doesn't y- make up for everything else, buddy. Yeah, you're not pardoned. And so then, you know, Thor flies, and basically the whole thing is bookended by the fact that this has already happened, and the Silver Surfer, who Donny Cates made black at some point, I don't yep. know why, uh, yeah. uh, you know, comes in, and he's like, hey, can we talk? We were both heralds, and, you know, because Thor's just in his throne room sulking, tells him the whole thing, uh, you know, and and so we come back to the present, and we're outside, we're the Rainbow Bridge, and they've got Galactus's helmet as like the gate, and I was like, "That's cold as shit." Asgard. Yeah, he's dead. That's what we should point yeah. out. He's dead. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, that's also a big thing. They killed Galactus in this. Now it's Marvel Comics. I mean, so he's a cosmic knows. character. You don't. There's no rules to that. They'll be healed yeah, back. But just the image of that sort of helmet there as mm-hmm. like a big, big grim trophy. I I just liked that image a heck of a lot. And then you know, there's basically uh uh the last image. You know. What did you see when you saw the future? Basically, the winter shows Thor how his end will be. Thor's and end, yeah. Thor's, Thor's end, yeah. 
and 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 you know Thor's like I didn't see anything, no big deal. And then you see what he saw. Well, what I really liked was that the black surfer says, "What did you see?" And mm-hmm. he kind of looks at us. And for a second, I thought they were making it like really meta, mm-hmm. like he sees us. You know, like like <laughs> you got Animal uh, Man, Animal Man. And then you turn the page, and it's this this is scene with Thanos and the the, the hammer and another, some sort of black gauntlet. And I don't know if this is teasing the the mini event that Donny Cates is doing within his books. And like also the, the behind him is the Marvel zombies. Right. Like he's doing some sort of a Venom slash Silver Surfer slash Thor. Like all, all the books he's doing, he's doing some event. I don't know if this is that or this is just some, some random image. But I, I, I would like it if it was the other. Like they just leave us with this thing. Right. And then, you know, like in 10 years, take it up again or whatever. Or don't because, you know, you get, yeah. you get you've many infinite possibilities in these things. But I thought this was great. And Nick, I mean, we, we talked about Donny Cates and we talked about how great Nick Klein was. We just haven't called him out by name. He's mm-hmm. This book is great. Nick Klein has a, several styles and this one really yeah. works for for this book it's it's a great looking book it, it's it's really great you've got matt wilson on colors uh, matt wilson also like seems like he's he's doing a thing for this book that he's not necessarily doing for other books like it, i wouldn't look at this immediately like oh that's it, it's matt a wilson. more muted matt wilson it is i mean it's beautiful in terms of color palettes and the and the energy and i i love the thing where uh, the pages are colored in such a way that it seems like in, in certain pages, like it's actually luminescent, but it mm. isn't. Um, you know, the lightning looks like it's glowing. Uh, you know, all of Galactus's energy is coming off the thing. You know, the way that he drew Galactus is just fantastic the whole way through. You know, the way that you've got Thor at the end just shattered. You know, just just yep. tired. You know, shattered's not the right word. He's tired he's, and drunk, and he's he's scared. Yeah, yeah, scared and sad, and it, it like takes this big character who you've seen be sort of hulking and all powerful through the whole thing, and he he just looks uh, small, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's this. It was a really fun Thor comic book, man. And I, I think, <laughs> man, you know. Well, it's it's a quite a feat because, and this is the first arc post Jason Aaron, and it, that's why it's quite a feat because he did you know like an all time Thor run over the course of the what nine years or whatever it felt like it was. That he did Thor, yeah, and so to be the guy that comes on after the and and not drop that ball and, and write a really great Thor story, you know, is gutsy. Well, also, I you know we were talking about Cates' work a lot for a while, yep. and I really like his work. I like what he can do. He's perfect for a book like this. I don't like Venom. No, whether yeah, whether I, I don't, I don't like it. whether I don't like Venom because I don't think that book is good or because I just don't like the character so I wouldn't even be able to tell you if the book was good. I tried it for a while and I was like I, this does nothing for me. So I'm glad that I still have this book to read his stuff on cuz yep. I mean I guess Venom's very successful and they really enjoy working on it but I just can't get into it. So it's nice that I still have this. It's kind of like Venom is sort of like Tom Taylor's Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Like as yeah. much as I like Tom Taylor, I'm just not going to read Suicide Squad. And those characters showing up in the other book, and in De- Deceased, didn't entice me over there. But that's not about. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Donny Cates on Thor. But we could also talk about Tom Taylor on Injustice Year Zero if we're yeah. done talking about Thor. Which I, th- is, I mean, I, which I, I think, think it was a fine pick of the week. I think it was a. I think it was a very. I, I don't know what I would have done this week, but I mm-hmm. I don't know that Thor would have been in the conversation for sure. It kind of at the end of the at the end of the day, and I looked and I was like, this is really the only one that I could. You know, I, and I, I was reading it, and I just thought, I'm really enjoying this. It had the bombast you want. It had the really, you know, epic art, and it yeah. had great character stuff, and it had Galactus getting what was coming to him, even if we know it's not permanent. And yeah, it just felt like there were stakes. Yeah, and you're right. The image of 
his helmet as the entrance to the Rainbow Bridge was pretty fucked up in, yeah. all, in the best possible way. Yeah, 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 it was great. Injustice Year Zero, number four, the fourth chapter of the digital first series. I have no idea how long it's going. Maybe six. But that would mm. only be three issues worth of comics, so who knows? Um, this is the prequel to Injustice. I haven't started reading it yet. We downloaded the, the collection. Did you, you started reading it. Did you continue reading it or did you stop reading it? I haven't it? gotten very far since then. Um, so well, this has been focusing on the Justice Society in, in, in a prequel sense to that story. Um, and here we get a lot of Nazi fight in action. And there's two things I really liked about this issue. One, one of my favorite things in old 1940s films is when they have like, when they, when they were making them during the war is like when they had like the gangsters turn on the Nazis. Mm-hmm. You know, like you'll have like, uh, it'd be like a cop story and then the Nazis will get involved and the gangsters will, who are the cops, you know, enemy will go, whoa, 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 we're all Americans here. Yeah. Let's team up and fight these Nazis. You know, having the rocketeer, you know, Paul Servino shooting at the, at the Nazis. Here you've got the Joker, which felt a little strange. He's like, it, I'm a homicidal maniac, but I'm not a fucking Nazi. That was that was fantastic. <laughs> like, I'm not a traitor. I'm yeah. not a bigot. And that was kind of cool. Like, I've never had the Joker in that scenario before where it's like, what would he do up against the Nazis? Well, he'd kill He's, some Nazis. You know what? It backed up. He's not a bigot. Yeah. He's not. No matter throughout all the years, he's never added like racism to his. He's got know. that going for him. He does. You know what? Credit were due. And then the other thing was this is a, this is jumping off of last week's conversation with Hawkman and Hawkwoman is the Hawkwoman gets to take her mace to the face of a Nazi in a very satisfying she, way. She does. <laughs> she she slams him right down. There was good Spectre in this. Yeah. Um, I actually really dug the Spectre in this for just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, the, I didn't even mind Harley Quinn in this. It was a good, you know, you know, and it also we were just talking about stakes. You know, when they say, you know, they got Johnny Thunder, I was like, that's not good. No, and that's the kind of thing if you're a longtime JSA fan, then it's really satisfying. So this issue, mm-hmm. much like Thor, is a flashback tale with a bu- bookend in the present. The, the present features Joker and Harley uh, hearing about. The, the JSA in the war, they're talking to one of the boy commandos who's now old, and he's telling them about um, this artifact that the Nazis had that the JSA confiscated from them, and then it was so powerful, so dangerous that they just was, they basically dropped it into the sea, into the deepest part of the, the sea, in the Marinara Trench. Is that, is that right? Or am I just hungry? Marianas Trench. I'm Marinara hungry for trench. pasta. Hungry the Marinara Trench is delicious. <laughs> yeah, that's where you dip all the bread. You can you can oh. order that at the Olive Garden. Man, like it's so a Marinara good. Trench. And <laughs> Screw it's, the it's unlimited a, breadsticks. I want the Marinara Trench. Your, your pasta comes in a terrine. <laughs> so anyway, so the Joker and Harley want that device and... And the, the, the best part of that, though, is it's ridiculous to be yeah. like it's at the bottom of the Marianas Trench. Yeah. And then the Joker's like, nah, I know people. Harley, fetch my swimsuit. And this is the first little bit of Joker I've enjoyed in I don't know how long. <laughs> Next, Black Manta. That's how they're going to get it. Yeah. And I assume these, div- whether it's this one alone or whatever the Joker's doing, is going to lead to the shenanigans in, in, in Injustice. But for now, you've got a really fun JSA in, you know, in the war story. And I really like it. And yeah. it, the art is unusual, but I like it too. It's very heavy. It's, it's heavy, thick lines. Well, I think that has a lot to do with the way that these pages get cut in half. If these were printed on normal comic book pages, I think there'd be less of that. But there is some of it. Cyan Tormi? Tormi? Yeah. Tormi. Yeah. I so, liked it. Do you know, um, sometimes there will be a musical artist, and a lot of people will talk about them, and you'll realize after a while that... Uh, you never really understood it or got into it, but it wasn't because you didn't like it or not. Mm-hmm. That's Daniel Warren Johnson to me. Interesting. Because I was going to ask you, this is, 
Like, I'm aware of him, but it's like some band that I never got around to checking Wonder Woman, out. Dead Earth, book four, the final chapter of this black label miniseries written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson. But you read that book he did. I read one, the Murder Falcon one. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't really, like, I thought it looked really cool, and it was kind of, but I wasn't like, I got to know what happens next with Murder Falcon. This was very good, I think. This is what we're talking about. What's the What's the pitch? What's I'll tell the, you in a second, but the, the problem is, and it's not the fault of the book, is that it's a... It's at least monthly. It may be more than monthly. And I'm pretty sure it started before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I really had to go back in the archives. So I have no recollection of any of this happening in any way. Right. Like, no, I've, I don't, I've, I've never heard this title. I've never, there's four of them. This I, was, I didn't know what I think, it was. I'd be very curious what you, to see what you think. This is, the pitch is this. Wonder Woman wakes up after some sort of uh, injury. She's in like a healing tank. And she finds that the Earth has... She's, she basically failed in her mission to bring peace to Earth and in a nuclear war has basically destroyed itself. And so we're dealing with the aftermath, the, the post-apocalyptic world that has been born. Now, a lot of people blame her directly. and I don't remember why. That's, that's part of the consequence of the, of the first issue coming out so long ago. But there's a band of survivors who, who don't like her. And it turns out that in the final battle of this story, she has to face off against her mother and the Amazons who've come to basically wipe out everybody else because the rest of the world sucks, which is not necessarily wrong. Um, and so here we get a lot of interesting flashbacks. We see her in, we see her at that post injury with Batman who puts her in the healing cave. And so he's the one that saved her and or the healing device. And then he goes off. He's dying of radiation poisoning from the, from the, uh, from the bat, from the blasts, and he ha- there's a really great scene where he goes off, pours himself a real drink, mm-hmm. sits in on a couch in a, the bombed out Wayne Manor. So there's a giant hole overlooking like the wastelands, and he sits and has a drink uh, as he dies. It was a really great scene. Um, and then this this is just a big giant crazy battle between one woman and her side versus the Amazons and their side. And I think Daniel Warren Johnson's an incredible artist. I, really, he's, I, he's I think really that's incredible. I think that's true, and it's funny because we were talking about movement and manga, and there's a lot of that present here. So you, you you're looking at it now too. Yeah, I am looking at yeah. it right now, and I I like his art. I don't. Uh, it's got a little Paul Pope stuff going on. Yeah, like I liked it. I liked to look. I never liked Paul Pope all that much. Though. No, but I I don't dislike. But I'm not like a huge Paul Pope fan. But yeah, it, it this this is on the edge, like yeah. in what I want in a superhero comic. So like. Two mo- one, one more step to the right into Paul Pope, and not necessarily what I want from Super Comic, but it's just it's just enough to make it really interesting to me. So I think with something like Murder Falcon, you know, like I I liked what it looked like an awful lot, but this sort of story and the concept didn't really do a lot for me. And I don't know, I feel like this this does it does look great uh, for sure. I mean, did you like the story? Yeah, I did. You know, it's basically a big fight and a little one woman dealing with guilt. There's a couple of things that you know. You may notice as you're looking at this issue of page 30 and on page, that whole sequence she's fighting Nubia. Uh, mm-hmm. She's beating the crap out of Nubia with Superman's skull and spinal oh, column. Oh, I, I saw that. <laughs> I didn't it. know that was Superman's. That's Superman's that's funny. skull and spinal column as a weapon. Uh, she finds his body and, and you think she's going to honor him. Instead, she just reaches inside and rips his skull and spinal column out. Now, that was a hard, that was a hard image and I don't, I, I don't know that everyone would like to see that, but, um, you know. In the abstract, it's pretty great. Tough it's, times yeah. lead to tough things, and it's I a very the, effective weapon. The coloring uh, by Mike Spicer is fantastic. 
It's a great looking book. It it's, is a really good. It's a really good looking book. Really, good looking book. Um, really the, the dynamic pages. And no, it's, it's it really is one of those things like I can look at it and I can say that's really cool, but I'm not necessarily gravitated towards sure. this. Um, it may not be everybody it, wants it right now, great. Either, but it does look great. Yeah. Look, I mean, look at the Batman scene on page uh, five. That's the the drink before dying. Um, it's just really well done, silent page. You know, pulls <laughs> yeah. in, pulls out. I like I like that um, kind of grid yeah. a lot. It was I liked this miniseries. I I would be curious to see how I feel rereading it all at one, in one mm-hmm. go because it was like every issue was like oh what what happened and I still don't necessarily remember everything but I do remember and enough to know I never liked it. I I assume it's like a slightly different continuity, so it's not like you even have. Well, it's black label. On. It's in whatever you want continuity right. to be in. Um, it's just a future. But sometimes tale. if you're missing things, you're like, well, I I know where you know who these people are and what it is. But if it's not that, you don't have that. To, you don't have. Yeah, there's there's no uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but. If you, I mean, if you're in a store, if you're in a place where stores are open, uh, flip through it, take a look at it. It's, this was a book by Andy Corey, who's no longer with the company, and Mark Doyle, who's no longer with the company. So, they're great editors. Yeah. Wolverine number four. Every time I think, why am I reading this? Um, I thought that. I really like this. This is written by Benjamin Percy with art by Peter Bogdanovic, who we liked before on various things, but like New, New Superman in particular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Colored by Matthew Wilson. Corey Pettit, it's a great creative team, and the first three issues were an arc, and they were, it was okay. But I, lo- I like this one a lot as a kickoff. It it almost serves as a as like a one shot story. Wolverine is feeling down on himself. He go, I, really, I like the idea that he has his own secret uh, gate to Krakoa that he built to Canada that's next to a bar, and he ha- it looks like he has it hidden in like a shack, so you can you can't even see the gates there, and so he. He goes to this like shitty, shitty Canadian bar. Like it says, like you know, it's a place to go. if you you go to want to, you want to punish yourself because they only serve like beer and the worst kind of bottom barrel whiskey and like no one no one wants to drink that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes and everyone in the bar's a little stands off. And there's this weird guy grinning like the Joker in the corner and the you know one guy tries to fight him and that doesn't work out so well for that guy. And there's a over the hill older lady with three teeth. Who, is maybe coming on to him maybe not and and it turns out he's been poisoned and all these people in the bar have reason to hate him and they they try to kill him by by basically drugging him and then dropping him in the frozen lake and having it freeze back over kind of like the old guard you know like drowning mm-hmm. over and over again which i guess is now the new thing to do to immortals mm-hmm. um, but it was it was this almost like interesting one shot almost horror you know thriller-esque story about people people trying to get revenge on wolverine and it doesn't not go well for them in the end Who's that character? Is that Omega Red? Omega Red, who's like one I of those 90s. Ugly. Yeah. Ugly. It's a bad cover. But it's a great looking book inside. Yeah, yeah. no, it is. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, and I enjoyed reading it. Also, I don't know, I, I don't know the why. Logo, the logo is terrible. Yeah. The Wolverine. They're all, I don't know, you know, it's a thing, but. You know, it's sort of a side book. It's not really involved in the main X-Men story. Do you normally read Wolverine? I usually try to read it when, it, when there's a new series of it. I like, you know, uh-huh. I like Wolverine. I like Ben Percy, though. You're, you're a Ben Percy fan. What has he read, written before? Didn't he read Green Arrow for a while? Possibly. I think so. It wasn't a detraction. Yeah. I was just curious yeah. with, the, with the reboot how Wolverine was, and I liked it enough to keep reading So you've been reading it since the beginning? Well, it was only four issues. Uh, those must come, does those come out monthly? Yeah. I have a lot of questions for monthly. you. Monthly. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know what else makes sense? Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you want to go if you want to support this show. You know, 
sometimes it's better than others, some episodes, and sometimes you want to support shows that are good. You know what? If it makes sense, if you don't like a particular episode, you tell yourself, I'm not supporting this one. I'm supporting the one I like. Yeah, and the thing is, we try. You can't say we don't try. Uh, where am I in the script? We have a new stretch goal, G.I. Joe Corner, a weekly, monthly, look at each month, each episode of G.I. Joe Real American Hero, whatever. What's, Listen. what's funny is that we normally do this in the morning, and now we're doing it at night, and it's a whole other different kind of incompetence that's right. happening. <laughs> yeah, because now we're doing it in the time I would be having dinner, and I'm which sleeping. is why I was thinking about the marinara trench. Uh, the mar- <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> the vodka sauce trench. Um, anyway, do we have time for another show? No, we don't. But we'll do it if you unlock it at patreon.com slash ifanboy. And also, listen, you may not want a G.I. Joe podcast, and that's totally fine. But you may want a quarterly barbecue video show. I do. I would like to eventually one day see these guys again and eat barbecue and record it and talk nonsense and answer your emails. And that's our next stretch goal after the G.I. Joe show. So maybe you just leapfrog over that one. And go to the bar. What I was one. really looking for is is thousands of people going. Oof, Josh did get fat. That's <laughs> well, what I want. The good news is you got time because no one's flying anywhere. That's a good willingly point. for a while. Yeah. So anyway, it's a great time over there. We have a Discord server. We have a Facebook group. We have monthly hangouts. We have the patron voting. We have um, you know silly stuff that happens with the patrons. We had a watch party. We watched X Men Apocalypse with the patrons only. That was fun. We we'll probably we want to do another watch party like that. That was a good time. So. We try to make it fun. We try to make it worth your while. But really, at the end of the day, you're helping support keeping the show going. And that's that's the most important thing. If you like the show, that's how we keep going. Uh, that's justify the time and the expense and, you know, me not eating dinner with my wife right now. Uh, t-shirt mm. store. Fanboyatthrills.com. That's where you can go to check out our T-shirts. We have uh, eight designs, including the Stale Marie Comics design. That A portion of all sales go to the Convoke United Fund for that one. And uh, ifanboy.com slash support. That's where you can help us out via PayPal. And ifanboy.com slash Amazon. That's where you can find links to buy the books on our Booksplode or a general link uh, for Amazon. And that's where you can – these are all the places you can go and all the way you can help. If you feel like helping, of course, there is no obligation and the show will always be free. So a man among ye. Ye. Ye, number two, mm-hmm. uh, from Image Comics, specifically yep. Top Cow, which I was like, oh, look at that. Yep. Uh, this is by Stephanie Phillips, uh, who you may remember from uh, – what was it called? The Butcher of Paris. Paris. Butcher of Paris. And Craig Cermak, who I remember from Red Sonia. Mm, yes. Um, it's a pirate story. There's mm-hmm. a lady, and she's like second in command to the, the famous pirate. Not the Dread Pirate Robert. It's <laughs> not black. You know, but that kind of pirate. Calico and Jack. Calico Jack, which is a good pirate name. Was that it? I just I, Something I, like I, that. I conjured that in my head. So I think the first issue kind of dug it, but you Calico know we weren't Jack. sure weren't sure what what it was about. Uh, this one sort of starts to flesh things out a little bit. There's a little bit of a uh, you know go ladies. We're building building a lady pirate crew is what we're doing. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. It was fun to read. It's it's piratey. There are there are stakes. I think that this writer Stephanie Phillips has some things to say. Uh, there was you know the interesting interesting bits with. The the guy who is uh, in charge of uh, Fort Nassau, so he's in the Bahamas. Who was a real guy? Yeah, um, I like that too. Like it's there's you know real historical as stuff much as you can. There. There's almost no fact about pirates. It's all legend yeah. and myth. I mean, it's kind of Disney piratey a little yeah. bit, but I'm okay with that because pirate stuff's all made up anyway. So you might as well lean into the R and the yes. matey stuff and go for and, it. You know, there's no. 
you know, they're not ape pirates. There's not an alien. It's yeah. just a pirate story, and I'm down with that. And and while pirates were very cliche in comics of old, they're pretty rare now. You know, so yeah, it's pretty cool that they're publishing it. Um, yeah, I I liked it. It was fun. Yeah, I I was yeah. you know just a fun comic. It's not pick of the week, but you know, it, what's funny is that I saw the title and I had no recollection of having read it before. <laughs> I mean, from the title, like when I looked at it, I went, oh, it's this book. But uh, like for the second time, I was like, a man among ye. I got to check that out. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> like I was. I like it. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a it's a jaunty little pirate adventure. I you guess still, this is. You still reading G.I. Joe? You st- no, no. I, I, I checked. I checked this one out because uh, I got a tip from a little bird. Oh. Um, and uh, Geo Joe number seven, this is at the end of, uh, starts a new arc, basically. Mm-hmm. Or, or it, it happens after the end of the last arc, which is the first six. Um, still being written by Paul Aller and uh, art by Chris Evanhui. Uh, with colors by Brittany Peer and letters by Neil Uyutake. Yeah, that's cool. I'm going with that. Um, what this issue is, uh, is it's basically a PTSD issue. Mm-hmm. About Scarlet, interesting. Uh, and she's so in this world. Cobra has taken over, and GI Joe are basically part of the resistance. Yeah, that's what I, think I read. The first three or two. Yeah, I read something like that, and you know, I didn't. I didn't love it. It was fine, but it was just. I realized I'm very particular about GI Joe. Yeah. Like I'm like, well, you know, I, I like the cartoons from when I was a kid, and I like those comics. And, and there was that time when we were all really excited about GI Joe Cobra, yep. and that was that was still an outlier though. I can't yeah, think no, of another. There was the, no; those books were all good. We read Origins, which was mm-hmm. very good, and we read their main oh, yeah. book was the least good. But th- at that point, I don't know. Fuck it. Fifteen years ago, I'm just picking a number. Yeah, it was yeah. a long time ago. There were three solid GI Joe books, but they were doing mm-hmm. it by honoring the past, but giving it a harder, realistic edge, which was a really fine line to walk. And it yes, didn't, it they is. didn't walk it for a, a super long time. So in this one, you know. Duke basically tells Scarlet she's grounded until she go get some therapy. Mm-hmm. And, and and all of the things that I'm saying, you might be saying, because I'm thinking them, don't seem to fit with what my idea of G.I. Joe is. And I don't necessarily want these things in a G.I. Joe comic. However, it should be said, I thought it was really good and it was really well done. If it wasn't G.I. Joe, it would probably have more impact with me. But, you know, the fact that it was... like. I'm also a different reader than from the time of G.I. Joe Cobra, and maybe I would feel the same way, but like I want less gritty realism in my stuff. I kind of want it to be silly. But all that said, like it's a good issue. Like, You're a- in a point in the world where you need some escapism mm-hmm. and not some realistic stuff. Yeah, well, no, there's the thing. is like when we were younger, I think that we wanted people to be able to, like, we've got to take these comics seriously. You yep. know, that's the whole spirit of 86. Right. And now I'm like, that's not the strength of comics. Right. You know, that's that's the difference in me. Point being, is it my favorite G.I. Joe comic? No, but it was a really good comic. And if, if that's the kind of story that you think would resonate with you, I think it's very thoughtful. I think it's very well written. I actually really I really like the art. Um, mm-hmm. I liked it on the first one that we read. Um, uh, you know, I, I just I, just, I think I want to go back to Yo Joe. But uh, for what this is, uh, it was fun. It's good. Not fun's not the word, but it was really well done. Um, uh, Batman: The Adventures Continue, number ten. This was your pick. Are you still reading this? Yeah, yeah. I really loved, I really liked this one. It's just basically like the quote unquote origin of Jason Todd, and I liked that this Jason Todd in the and it's very uh, it it seems uh, antithetical to itself because mm. it's the animated you know sort of world and adventures, but this is pretty grim, 
in that like like Jason Todd's an asshole yeah. way more than in the comic books. Like he kicks Batman in the face at one point, and I was like, oh, you can't do that. Well, yeah, it's the same shock you get in a yeah. different way with Mad Love, but um, mm-hmm. there's an angry dog across the street. Uh, it, 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 it reminded me a lot of the comics at the time of Jason Todd. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, one of the things, one of the really classic indelible moments from music reading comics was there's a story where there's they're they're trying to they're trying to nail some like international crime lord or something and he this is like they they catch him like at home maybe beating his wife or something and and Batman's off like not looking and suddenly that we cut to the guy flying off the balcony and and Jason just says he slipped and we never we never know what happened there no oh, that's great and so that reminded me a lot of this here where yeah. he tries to toss the guy out the window I'll tell you what I or found he does really... toss the guy out the window Batman yeah, yeah. Has to save scarecrow. The what guy, I found really interesting <laughs> with this one was um, afterwards Batman justifying it. Oh so yeah, that was really like, interesting. And I thought that I was like, that's really that's really interesting. Like he he's this person who's super intelligent and and actually supposed to be kind of emotionally intelligent, but he's 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 uh, dry, you know he's going the wrong way. He can't I, I admit that, was... that he may have made a mistake bringing Jason on, so he has to justify it. And Alfred's like, see, You're I think it's part of that, but he does he also. He it's that, but he also wants to believe in Jason. I think. Oh yeah, but because he, he's he's you yeah. know he's trying to rescue him the same way he rescued Dick and the, the same way he he sort of was rescued by, by this life. But so th- this is almost in contrast to what I was just talking about, because we've made a comic book that looks one way, and I expect it to be one way, and I'd be fine with a very cartoony Batman book. But this one kind of surprised me, and because it was so well done, I worked. You know, I just. Uh, I all of those things were were really interesting Batman storytelling stuff that I, I'm not super familiar with. And the fact of the matter is, you know, he's one of Bruce's sons, so mm-hmm. you know, people yes. all the time will justify the bad behavior of their children. Yeah, they'll, you know? totally. So that's that's kind of what's happening here. So those are the books we wanted to talk about this week. Patreon.com/slash/ifanboys, where you can go vote to add a book to the rundown. And I'm a little surprised that. The patron pick was Maestro number one, and not so much that it was the pick but that it was such a blowout. It was it was almost the same exact blowout as last week, which was a huge blowout pick. Um, this is written by Peter David, art by Herman Peralta and Dale Kion. I never know how to say that guy's name. Uh, colors: Jesus Abertoy and Jason Keith. Letters: Ariana Mar. And this book. So uh, Kion and Keith just did like sort of the opening scene and the rest of it to the book. Well, I mean, it was, it was like twelve pages. It wasn't short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is the prequel to a miniseries that came out in 1992 or three. I, I wasn't sure. I, no, I know. That's what it is. I read yeah, that yeah. miniseries and I loved it. And so much that I got Peter David and artist George Perez, who drew it, to sign the first issue. So uh, it, was this like one of those throwbacky Marvel things that they've been doing? Or was this a different thing? Because I, I know that we had read some of these before. This you know is not that single issue. This is actually okay. sounds like it's a miniseries. So... As far as I know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm just talking out of my ass. Uh, it, the original story was the Incredible Hulk, colon, Future Imperfect, and it was a two-issue prestige miniseries that was like a future story where mm-hmm. the Hulk wakes up. But no, so the Hulk somehow gets sent to the future, and he finds that an evil, version of, an evil, an evil version of himself called, the, called Maestro is in charge, and it's the, he's the, the despotic ruler of of the future and you can see the image uh, at least in this digital book um on the title page page three that's from the original comic george perez and you can see half hulk half maestro um 
And so he has to sort of defeat himself in the future. And I remember loving it. I, I don't, I haven't read it in decades, but um, so I was really kind of surprised that they would do this prequel mini of a, you know, what? How long ago it was nineteen ninety two? We'll say, you know. I gotta say, like I, years ago. I, I, before I knew it was the pick of the week, and I, I was looking Patron through. Pick. Uh, yeah, so I mean the page and pick, and I was looking through the books, and I thought, who is this for? Because it's old. It's I mean, like I get that people love Peter David's Hulk, you know, story story run, and and like it is really important. But you know what? How much call is there for this kind yeah, of? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, point? that's the it, thing. Comics are built on nostalgia, and there's obviously there's probably a huge number of people out there reading now who are my age or a little bit older who read those books. I mean, I didn't read. I guess all but, of Peter David's run. I read some of it. I wish I had read it all because it's like one of the seminal all time Marvel comics yeah. runs. But. Um, I'm sure there's enough. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure they I mean, have guess, spreadsheets, and I'm sure they yeah. have market analysis that says that, you know enough sales of the tr- just, trades that justify. It just seems like such an edge thing, you know, like that. That I was kind of surprised. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I also can't. I wouldn't imagine this is like a top seller. I don't know. I don't know. There's probably know. a reason just, behind I, it. I don't understand the economics. But you know what's interesting? Right I really liked it. I did too. <laughs> it was a. It was really good. Like yeah, I, I had. I had a blast reading it. I almost made it pick of the week at one point. Like, I, I was just I wasn't going to read it, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah. it was patron picks. Obviously, so I read it, and I was like halfway through it. And I was like, "Is this really good? It's fun. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, totally. I mean, so it opens up with the the Peter David. And the funny thing is, like Dale Cowan didn't even draw the original. It was George Perez, but he was mm-hmm. like, he can't draw anymore. So that's I guess that's why he maybe he didn't draw the opening. But uh, it's a little fantasy sequence where you know Hulk's on an adventure with the Avengers and. It's Captain America and it's classic looking Thor and Vision and Scarlet Witch and and he realizes that this is not none of this is real and he is pulled out of it. It's always creepy when the Vision sticks his hand in people's bodies. Mm-hmm. Vision, the Vision in his dream sticks his hand in his head and we wake. You know, we cut to Thor drawn by Herman Peralta, who was terrific. Pause. Not the show, but just the the thing. The only part I'm going to complain about in that first bit mm-hmm. is the coloring. Uh, is, no, it's uh, Black Widow. Like the sun's getting real. Like, stop it! You don't need to do this in here. <laughs> this is Marvel comics from the nineties. Yeah, that was a thing that they stuck in later. It wasn't that good in the movie? It's a movie thing. Yeah, yeah and it's not even a good movie thing. So yeah. let it go. There's more anyway. So go on. No, I, I didn't love the coloring. I thought it looked made his art look strange. But um, I thought to- it made it. I thought it made it look from an earlier time. So it kind of worked. It also looks uh, unreal. Maybe that works too because it's not real. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Cut to Hulk with a beard and long hair, attached to a bunch of wires, and waking up, and he's in this—he's in this containment thing, and it's a name facility, which is great. It's always great when a name shows up, and yeah, we find that he's not held captive so much as he's being preserved along with a bunch of other characters who are radiation-based because out the outside world, much like Wonder Woman, uh, has there's been a nuclear war, and there's not a lot of survivors, but those who are have you know amongst. This group, AIM, and, and of course the awesome reveal of MODOK, old man MODOK. <laughs> I was just laughing at the picture of MODOK before you said it. He has a little joystick, and he's got his little legs kicking around, and he's old and gray. And wrinkly. And so yeah. they, they're trying to preserve uh, society as best they can, and, and in about 20 years they can go back to the surface, so they're trying to keep everyone safe. And so it's not so much they were cap- holding him captive as they were just holding him safely until he could get out. But he breaks out, goes to, and they're in L.A., and... He uh, he's pissed, and I, I think this is a miniseries. I hope it is. Yeah, it is. There's the next issue page. Yeah. So oh yeah, no, there was a cliffhanger at the end because I thought we were just going to end it and that would be it. But I was kind he, of excited. He has about a that. 
Planet of the Apes moment, kind yeah. of, when he sees downtown LA looking like it, they just shot San Andreas. Um, I really I really enjoyed this. I thought the art was terrific. I thought Herman yeah. Peralta's art was really dynamic and yeah, really exciting. Hulk, it was kind of Hulk I've never seen before. I really enjoyed, like, MODOK in this. Mm-hmm. I've never said that sentence. <laughs> Um, you know, like, it, it, you know, we've moved forward and a bunch of shit has gone down and that aim is a different thing than it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, they still got the goofy helmets and the, they're always around and, and you're, yeah, I like that aim sort of goes from being nefarious to being just, you know, uh, um, just amoral basically. Like those are the sort of lines that we're, we're scientists. We just don't give a shit about anything. Right. And I don't know what's happening. I don't know. But it's like, you know, this Hulk is interesting and Peter David is not. You know he he's not an a a creator anymore, but he's he's he's, he's good a at real it. deal. Yeah, he is. And, he's and he's he, like we talk about other '90s guys who come back and will knock it out of the park. You know, mm-hmm. like they they yeah. these they, just because they're older doesn't mean they know how to don't know how to write comics anymore. He's very good at this. Yeah, he was a and top a, name for decades. Oh yeah. yeah, no, I mean, God, I think the last thing I read that I really liked was he did the Multiple Man series. Yeah, or his X Factor. X Factor. Um, yeah. He did Multiple Man first, and then X Factor. Uh, that was a wonderful run. That was yeah. a great, and I think that's the last series I read of it him. Might have been his last. I don't, I don't want to. He, speak, he I had. Don't know. He had. No, I mean, he had a stroke or something at some point, so he'd been through some stuff. But I mean, he's he still got it, based on this issue for sure. Right. Um, yeah, it was totally fun. I yeah, surprised. I really. I, I was. I was reading this, going, God, I, I really like this. <laughs> <laughs> I had an experience like that in college once. <laughs> so <laughs> that's Maestro number one from Marvel Comics. Man, if you're a... I mean, you don't even have to be a fan. I mean, Josh never read the original series. He liked it. I read the original mm-hmm. series. I liked it too. Check it out. Um, let me, let's do the ratings on Maestro number one out of five. I'm going to give it... I'm giving it a solid four and a quarter. I'm going to go with four. It was really fun, and the art was terrific, and I will be sticking with it, which is funny because I wasn't even going to read it in mm-hmm. the first place, so... Yeah. Thanks, patrons. I'm, I'm going to read it too. Uh, good pick. And over at patreon.com slash ifanboy, if you give it a $5 or higher level, you can superpower live on the show. And uh, Josh? Brad Garver has the ability to destroy weeds and invasive plants uh, with finger blasts like Palpatine. It's like light, like like lightning. Yeah, and he, and he destroys any... Crabgrass growing up between your your you know bits of your patio or, or so he you, only if he if he shoots his blast it doesn't hurt your pavement or your or your patio no. it doesn't hurt your regular grass it, just yes hurt. it just just the bad ones so like he he will he will wreck some kudzu mm-hmm. uh, or or something creeper I forget there's a lot of them mm-hmm. they're they're outside they're everywhere well there you go that's yeah. helpful. And also, it is thrilling to watch him do it. <laughs> you get the sound and everything? Yeah, yeah. Michael Curtis. if you, Josh, do you recall one of your all-time favorite Avengers, Triathlon? I do. Triathlon had the uh, three-time enhanced ability of... Triple. A normal man. Yeah. Michael Curtis has the three-time enhanced street smarts, powerful singing voice, and sense of taste of a normal man. <laughs> Well, <laughs> so you take a normal man's uh-huh. street smarts, he's got three times as much street smarts. So he's basically a New Yorker. So he's reading the streets. Yeah. He can tell what's going on. He knows where the game's being played. <laughs> he, he, he knows he, how he, not he, to be played. He takes it to the streets. 
He knows those streets. And what was the other? The streets aren't going to get it over on him. Singing voice. Singing voice. Difficult to dovetail that with the street smarts I'm going to be. It's an odd configuration. And then sense of taste. Everything is just luxurious on his on his palate. So he's going to need that street smart because he is, you know, he's a target out there basically. Yeah. yeah. Like that dog across the street. Does he, so. he disarms them yeah. uh, with his, like, all of a sudden he'd be like, you know, they'll come after him and he'd be like, you, th- you think he might be a feat, you know, cause he can sing and he can talk right. about the, the, where this mushroom came from, which region of the Valley. But then he's, he can tell who's not cottoning to his talk because of his street mm-hmm. smarts. Right. And he knows how to work it too. Yeah. Michael Curtis. Michael Curtis, that's a very odd and specific combination of things. <laughs> Brad Garver, Michael Curtis, thanks for being patrons over patreon.com slash ifanboy. And before we get to the emails, I thought it was really interesting. I, I meant to mention this last week. When Marvel, not Marvel, when DC left Diamond over the break, uh, we got inundated with emails, like buried in them from people worried, scared. What does this mean? When one third of DC's staff got laid off, not a single email. That's weird. Not a single email about that. We got emails about other things. Mm-hmm. We didn't get a single email from anybody asking anything about DC. One worried, wondering. I found it very interesting that. But the distribution woes. Because it just shows you how sort of everyone is inside baseball in the comics, in the comics community. Uh-huh. But ultimately, that didn't mean anything, as we suspected at the time. Yeah. Uh, the real. The real, as we talked about last week, the real pro- possibility of things changing didn't, didn't generate one single email. Not to, not to take away from these emails we're going to read, but it was just huh. interesting. It is interesting. There weren't, which is, which is fine. I was prepared really... for it. As soon as the announcement came out, I was yeah. like, oh, this is what we're going to be talking about on the show. We're going to get a lot of emails. I don't uh, know what to make of it yet. I mean, I, don't, like, I think it's, the thing is that it's, it's, there's a lot of bad signs about it, but mm-hmm. I don't think that we've really seen, and it's not over from, I mean, who knows? Jeff Reed, our old columnist, wrote in. Jeff Reed, who's clearly not listening to the show, says, <laughs> "No, yeah, exactly. I don't blame. I don't blame." So how's he going to hear this? I don't know. Because if guess. he could, if he could, if he he would know the answer to this question if he were listening. Therefore, ipso facto, he'll never hear the answer. All right. Well, here's what I know. Yep. Jeff Reed is like the most decentest of humans. Yes. He's a good person, so I'm going to help him out. I'm going to do this in front no, of No, we will answer questions that, are, that we've talked about on the show before. That's and what we and do. If, it, if it helps other people out, so much the better. Jeff says, I fell off modern comics hard a few years ago. However, I have two trades on order that I would like your opinion on. I didn't like the beginning of Bendis' Superman run. His creation of a villain that was really behind Krypton's destruction felt forced and unnecessary, though I felt the same way about Rogue One revealing who was really behind there being a flaw in the Death Star. A conspiracy is way more boring and non-relatable than the, than the old way these things were destroyed through hubris. Pause. He is kind of an expert on DC history. Yeah, he used to write our, our, our yeah. d- history columns, the DC like history he, columns. He yeah. knows his stuff, so that's a fair... Also, he's all, I'm all with him here. That was all correct. Everything yes. he said in that paragraph was correct. That's true. Uh, so back to it. Yeah. So if I didn't like Bendis' Superman and I dropped off early on, can I enjoy and get something out of the Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen 12-issue series that are getting trades released in the next few months? Or are they too tied to the Mothership series? Should I save my money and just get them from my library where I work and whose graphic novels I directly purchase? Because he is a librarian also. That's the question. First of all, Jeff, why don't you ask us before you order things? 
<laughs> we could yeah. save you some money here because as much as it pains me to say it, and I, I have to really stress this, it really pains me to say it, don't waste your money in Lois Lane. I'm not quite that far along, but I would probably not give it a, a whole, a full, full-throated recommendation. I think there's things that are interesting in there, but overall, as a thing, no. As a piece, it was not successful. The beginning was really interesting and fun, and then it just sort of went too deep inside of whatever conspiracy Greg Rucka was trying to investigate, and it ended in a not satisfactory manner. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're talking about how is it tied into the Mothership series, only very tangentially yeah. in the fact that you have to know that well, Lois is off writing this book. And also, I believe at some point... Superman is outed. Superman is outed, and that's really it. That's all you need to know about that. Superman outs himself. But. Right. Uh, Jimmy Olsen, same but opposite. It's barely tied into it. I think there's one or two lines near the end. Right, and now we um, talked about that, how that, that they were the, wor- the worst part of the whole series was the <laughs> couple of throwaway lines that tied it in. But ultimately, before that part, it's just totally wacky. And also, as a side note, because I know Jeff, he loves the Silver Age. It's this it's, is right up his alley. It's delightful. This is yeah. going to win Eisner's. It's a, it's a wonderful book. Well, hopefully, but I, I think in terms of Jeff's likes dislikes, I mm-hmm. think this is right up his alley. This is a this is a wacky Silver Age tale in, in the best possible way. Yep, fun and, and funny. And you don't really need to know what's going on in the book. Um, if you want us to make personalized recommendations based on your tastes, then you first of all have to come right for our website for a few years, and then you can write in and we'll know your tastes and therefore can properly mm-hmm. recommend books. Yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, what kind of time are we looking at? Uh, we got d- one deep one. One more. Let's save the deep one and we'll yep. do the silly one that no one cares about. This silly one seems more appropriate for media explode. Yeah, there it is though. All right. Ryan from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Ryan said, his two questions. Number one, for Josh. This is not a short answer, and you're going to really annoy people by answering this question. I'm not. For Josh, what makes something a good or bad pressing of a record? All right, so we have to go back to 1932. No. <laughs> uh, I've, I've been buying a lot of records through this whole thing. I mean, I have been in general. You're buying but 180 really grain? Yeah, gram. 180 gram yeah. in the marinara trench. Yeah. Um, Whole grains. That's how many no, are on my that bread. That has to do with weight. My bread's um, really heavy. I make 180 so, grain bread. So for a while, I'm just seeing a record and I'm buying it. And I'm like, oh, just good. I like that record. Mm-hmm. But I started noticing some of them didn't sound so good, which led me to the idea that if I go look up uh, comments and reviews on a specific record, I can find out whether that pressing is good, which means that that batch of, of records that they produce, whether it was done from a good master mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or whether it was just done sloppily or just didn't come out very well, and I started noticing it. One of my favorite albums of all time uh, is uh, Radioheads in Rainbows. And there's a record of it, the one that you would go buy in any store in, in the country, mm-hmm. and it sucks. It's like one of the best-sounding albums, and the record has none of it in it. So I bought one from Italy yep. <laughs> that was sent here, and it's much better. So it's like you basically... My tip for record buying is, is if you give a shit about what things sound like, then you should check which version you're getting before you just buy one because it can make a big difference. It's a lot like a lot of you know transfers. Like I, we did our media yes. float on Midnight Run, and I bought I bought the only existing version of the Blu-ray for that movie. It's just I love like that, that movie, and it's not a good transfer yeah. from the original film master, but it's the only one that exists, so I don't have a choice. I mean, I have um, the same way in Blu-ray. I have I'm going to say it's either Gangs of New York or Reign of Fire, one of those two of my sort of favorite movies. 
And one of them looks terrible. Like, I was like, what happened? It's a Blu-ray. You know, I was like, it's not good. Meanwhile, you can go back and pull out, like, an old DVD. Yeah. And some of them look terrible. But, like, I put in my Gladiator DVD, which is, like, 20 years old. It looks great. Hmm. It's a wonderful digital transfer. Now, it's not super high res. But, it, and it, so, anyway, the other thing that happens with records is um, a lot of records aren't mastered from the original. So, right. they're mastered from digital, which is sort of interesting. Well, you know, a lot of... A lot of masters were lost. There was that big yes. Universal fire yeah. a couple of years ago. They lost a lot, a lot and, and anything, of original masters, like really big albums. Anything recorded in the last twenty years was, you know, most of it was probably recorded to digital anyway. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense mm-hmm. uh, to put it on a record. But you know, there's all sorts of things about fidelity and, and dynamic range and all those things. But you know, the the thing is, like, if you get a record, what do you think? We're at two percent are enjoying this, and the rest <laughs> are just like, fucking stop it. I warned yeah. everyone. I don't want to say I didn't. Yeah, that's fine. And this and this next question of his is so weird that I was like, I have to put this in here because I don't know what's going to happen. Question two: What do you guys think of the new Taylor Swift album? It's a pretty decent. Sorry, I was reacting to the laughter in the room. It's a pretty decent singer-songwriter effort, and curious <laughs> if it even landed on your radars. And I haven't heard it. I've read great things about it. I read the the New York Times raved about it. There was a couple of places I read, but I like Taylor Swift. I think she's a good singer-songwriter. I have no problem saying that. Um, I, I I had a suspicion that you would say something like that, and you would mean it. And I don't. I know she I does not, interesting interesting pop music stuff. Sure, uh, especially as she grew, grew out of like being the teeny bop country singer. Um, but I have not heard anything from her album because I don't drive anywhere, <laughs> and I also. You have a record player, but you're not going to buy the record. No longer listen to the radio in my car. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, I like, I have a couple of songs like on iTunes of hers, but I don't like buy albums or anything. Here's what I know about Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. End of story. Okay, so. No, no, no. I, I know that, I know that This would not fall on Josh's radar. I know that she's pop and that people who like pop things but have a good taste. Your wife would probably tend, like Taylor Swift. Tend to like, no, she, no, 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 no. That's not, no, that's not a thing. Because um, she wasn't a 90s singer? Yeah, yeah, she's that's too young. Fine. She's too young, but you know we, we went through a while. She's my age. No, Taylor Swift is. Oh, too young. Taylor Swift is too young. Yeah, yeah, Taylor Swift is too young for her. I'm trying to but throw my, you a bone here, so you're calling your wife. My too kids young. went through a thing where they really liked the song "Bad Blood," mm-hmm. but we would listen to the remix with Kendrick Lamar. Okay, and so I know every beat of that. That's what I mean. She does interesting stuff, like yeah. with you know. Anyway, this is not a show about Taylor Swift. I, I, we, I get more I, downloads. I, I know that people are like, "What is?" I love that this is a thing that's happening. I, I was like, "These questions have nothing to do with anything." We should totally do them. This is what happens when it's hot out. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, let's bring it home. Contact at ifanboy.com is where you can write us in, and if you have questions about DC, you missed it. The window's closed. No more DC talk. That's not true. Sorry, we'll answer them if they're good. Uh, that's how you can write in and get in the show. Thanks for that. And coming. Oh, actually, let's see. Coming up this week is our Booksplode show. I'm just trying to do the, <laughs> the calendar math in my head because things happen at different times. Coming yes. up this week is our Booksplode show where we're reviewing Pluto Volume 1. Behind this show in the feed is Mediasplode number 6. Perry Mason is our main topic, but it's only about a third of the show. We spent about a third of the show on what else we've been watching, plus talking about how much we miss going to the movies, plus our new segment called The Grab Bag. Was, was I, like the last 15 minutes of the show. Not so humbly, I think that was our best media split episode. So, 
you know, Perry Mason may be the main th- main topic, but if you didn't watch Perry Mason, there's a lot of other things talked about on Pedia's Flow this week. Um, a lot of surprising shows were watched in the last month. And then really the first 10 minutes is about how much we miss going to the movie theaters and that experience. And that's a fun discussion as well. I like that episode. It's a good episode. Yep. If I may associate it myself. You can head over to iFanboy.com. You can find that podcast, all of our podcasts. The history of podcasts is podcasts is what I'm saying. You know what I'm getting at? <laughs> history of records. You might think that Serial was the first podcast. But if you go on that website, you're going to find out that uh, these fools have been doing it for a long time. Since way back, since since Taylor Swift was a gleam in someone's eye. Oh God, how old was I? Don't don't know. Nope. nope I, mean, I don't nope, know how nope, old nope, she is. Nope. 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 Not doing that math. I know she was young, but she might be like thirty now. I don't. I know, know, but I'll be depressed if it's like she was five when we started podcasting. Oh, that's probably true. That's what I mean. Um, you can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out, so that you can be prepared uh, by liking Facebook.com/slash/ifanboy or following at ifanboy on Twitter. And at ifanboycomics on Instagram, uh, where you will also see some uh, best of the weekend panels. And and I don't know how Connor finds a really cool thing for the Wednesday post every week, but he does, and I'm impressed by it. Uh, Not always. I try well, to. I'm still. I'm, I'm Depends just, on how busy I am Wednesday. Just, just take it. The fact that Thank if you. I did it, it would never happen. I wouldn't That's remember. True. C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram and J.A. Flanagan on Instagram. Did sign back onto Twitter briefly. Yeah, I saw you jump back in the pool when I went to post the thing. On, I just, uh, I just, I was mostly just wanted to comment on that Cy Spurrier thing because okay. I was really impressed by what he wrote uh, about Hellblazer. I'm sure, it'll be good for your mental health to go back on Twitter. I'm gonna get off it again. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube page at YouTube.com/ifanboy and keep up to date on the old video show reuploads. This past week, uh, these are not correct. These are not correct, but I can tell you, uh, we had my mini on Aquaman called what's wrong with aquaman and my defense of aquaman <laughs> based i might add on an email from timmy wood hey. and the second episode was a spotlight on tim sale and oh. the third episode was um i just had it in my head oh a vault show we talked oh. about it three you know people often ask us why don't you guys ever talk about a trades or b like indie books on this show it doesn't really fit the format of this particular show but back in the old days when we were doing seven pot seven shows a, a week six of which were video, that was the place we talked about tra- uh, trades and collections and indie books and most often on the vault shows. And that, those were where we each picked a book and talked about it from our quote-unquote vault of comics. And also we were doing that full-time so we had time to read. Right, but the point is if you want to hear us talk about some seminal indie work that's going to be in the video shows, you can look for that. But this vault show, I couldn't tell you exactly what we talked about. I only know as far, far as we did the vault show on Friday. What happens if they like this show? What do they do? Dig the show. Write us a review or leave a star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you aggregate your shows. Um, that's a great way to help people find the shows. Algorithms are all based on, on, on star ratings and on reviews, and we thank you, everyone who does that. It's, it's a very easy way to help the show. Any show you listen to, any podcast, not just ours, any show if you like it. It's just something you can, you can do. Uh, even Better than that is word of mouth. Tell your friends. People ask all the time. You know, podcasts are very popular, but they're still a growing medium. And if people say, hey, I, I want to listen to podcasts, which ones do I like? You know, maybe they enjoy really deep record talk. They may be a lunatic. And if they, it's I, the case, then point I this suggest show. they listen to somebody who knows what they're talking about. <laughs> um, and, even, and if they're a huge Taylor Swift fan, this is the episode for them. Have you checked? Uh, have, you, have you looked at uh, Apple Podcasts to see where we're at? I know. I don't have Apple Podcasts. Well, you, I mean, you have an I have Apple seat. Well, it's... it's yeah, just just search podcast. It's on there. We are. Uh, is around comics listening? We are at five stars average over fifteen years, uh, and one point six thousand ratings. 
ratings. think what you should do is on the next person who leaves a review, just just really comment on how humble Josh is. I, I'm, I'm, I'm dis. I disbelieve it. I'm like, <laughs> really? That's um, that's amazing. Yeah, I think everyone does that. That's really. I mean, to, aver- I mean, yeah. to average five stars, I don't know why. I don't think we're that good at this. But over a long period of time with a large sample. Clearly no. not this week. No. I can't tell if this is a good show or I not. I mean, not for years. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, you can help spread the word. We, we do appreciate that. We, thank, we see people do it all the time, and we thank those who do. And this is the end of the show. Oh. I'm Connor. <laughs> I'm Josh. Gotta go, I got to go jump in the marinara trench. Oh, that I'm so hungry. delightful. Yeah. You want to add a little extra sautéed garlic to it to really make it pop. Yeah, at this point, I'll take whatever I can get. Sausage in there, just to bring out the body of it. Oh God! The scenery so pleasing.